interesting things to talk about. You see 60 Minutes last night in the ACLU. The guy who used to run the ACLU saying they've gone way too far. Yep. They're out, they're out, they're out of control. I've been saying that for quite some time. I'm a former card-carrying member of the ACLU, but they've just so clearly become... A, a, a Democrat activist group, which is crazy, but more on that. Thing. This reparations conversation is for real. No, it's and uh, please and stay tuned for that. Stop it. That is, it'll feel the back of my hand. All right, all right. So, uh, listen. Over the weekend, we became aware uh, via the Twitter and and the personal text and that sort of thing that our good buddy, uh, buddy Craig Gottwalls, Craig the uh, the healthcare guru was all excited, uh, agitated about this announced policy by the Trump administration, policy idea. And uh, so we dragged him in to talk about it. Craig, how are you, sir? I'm well. How are you, gentlemen? G- good. Let's not bury the excitement. I mean, you were, you, were, you were saying this is one of the biggest deals in decades. This, this is, is a game changer. This is huge. Do you still think that, having yes. reviewed it over the weekend? Yep. Okay. And this is yep. a big yep. deal. Yeah, this is... This is this has the potential to be the most important thing I've ever spoken to you guys about. What? We talked about Obamacare for years. It's a, a sixth of the economy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, so, this, so this, can, this can do more than Obamacare, than all of the 40,000 pages of Obamacare ever did. Really? To, to start to bring health care prices down and put consumerism back into this world that's really broken. So what the health, see yeah. what I did there, is going on. <laughs> wow. Um, I hope it gets better from here. <laughs> it probably won't. Uh, no. Um, so, look, healthcare's got a lot of problems, as we've talked about for oh, yeah. six, eight years, something like that. Um, it, but if you were to tell me, Craig, what are the two biggest problems in healthcare? I can boil it down to two primary problems. One, we don't know what it costs when we, the patients, consumers, employees, go to the doctor. Amen. We simply don't know. Not a clue. That's the biggest problem. And it's almost impossible to figure out. Well, the second biggest problem, then, you'd say is, well, wait a minute. How can that be? How can you have a market, or even a faux market, as we might call healthcare, where you don't know the price of what you're buying? Well, the second biggest problem is they've crafted, and I say they, the federal government, the oligopoly and cartel that is the only, the four national providers of healthcare insurance, the huge insurance um, hospital chains, They've put together a system over the last 70 years so that we don't care. Because what we have by and large had is we go and we show up and we pay 10 or 20 bucks and we get our services or our drugs. So we we really kind of have been shielded from all these costs and we simply don't care. So that's how you can have a system where we don't know the prices and B, we don't care what those prices are. Now, the second problem, the fact that we don't care on the prices that's being fixed organically. Thank you, Obamacare. Never say that I, I don't say anything nice about Obamacare. Because what's happened over the last 10 years, as Jack points out regularly when we do these segments, is deductibles, coinsurance, and copays have gone through the roof. So where you used to pay maybe $20 for your child's doctor visit, now you might pay 30% of the cost of that visit. So you'd say to yourself, well, 30% of what? Well, Therein lies the problem, right? Because we still have the gargantuan elephant in the room, and that's problem number one. We don't know what the price is. Over the weekend, actually, it wasn't over the weekend, it was three weeks ago, the Trump administration, through the HHS Health and Human Services and Secretary Salazar, issued a regulation on this topic. Now, a little backstory is necessary for this regulation. It's based on a statute. It was passed in 2016 under a different administration 
overwhelmingly by both parties. In fact, that statute was authored by a Democrat from Oregon. And that statute was called the 21st Century Cures Act. That act dealt with very non-controversial issues surrounding healthcare privacy, information technology as it relates to healthcare, how you transfer data around, what you're allowed to keep private, and what you must have disclosed to you. Got it. Okay. Very non-controversial act. Only a handful of, of Congress people voted against it. Well, three years later, under a different administration and a different president, different HHS secretary, the regulations are starting to come out on that act. 700 pages of them were released a couple of weeks ago. Buried in the middle of those 700 pages is a page and a half of text that in short says, HHS believes that under this act passed three years ago, we have the authority and we're considering making it a rule, we're asking for public comment on this, that you, the patient, and the general public have the right to know the actual price of your health care service in a public forum before you go in for treatment. Ah, so this is the, you occasionally see this uh, sort of article or study that an MRI will cost you $800 in town X, 1400 in town Y, and 350 in town Z. I know that's true because I, uh, when I had to get a something or other when I had cancer and insurance was slow to jump on it, I had to get it done. So I shopped around to different towns and the price difference was incredible. Yeah. And I didn't have any idea what it cost before. I'd had these things done before and I had no idea what they cost. So why, why aren't the insurance companies that are theoretically getting stuck with these bills, Craig, why aren't they hot to trot and pro all of this? Or are they? Well... The Trump administration has already authored regulation that has required hospitals to publicly post the retail price of the services they provide. But that's a joke. That's completely fictitious. Nobody pays the retail pricing on healthcare services. Because they, they might say an MRI will cost you twenty thousand dollars, but in fact the insurance company probably only pays five or six thousand, and Medicare and Medicaid might only pay one thousand for that exact same service. Mm. So what's been out there recently are these kind of phony prices that are really hard to find, convoluted. They don't make any sense. This regulation specifically says, no, 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 no. We think the consumer has the right to know the privately negotiated price between his or her insurance company and that hospital. Oh, The secret, this is what they've called proprietary and secret for 40 plus years in the industry which should not be secret from the from us obviously shouldn't be secret how from can us. a price be proprietary yeah, it's it's incredible but so if these prices that they have to release all these prices you think that that will lead to competition where this hospital says hey our mris cost this much the other hospital says ours cost this much it will undoubtedly lead to that jack if we and, it, and it, you don't have to look any farther than the, the the around the edges in our healthcare system, we have stuff that does that already. LASIK surgery, plastic surgery, even of all things, vasectomies, where where providers advertise on price, and consumers can actually shop around, and they're and they're often spending a lot of their own money. Yeah, I went to Pepe's Tijuana uh, vasectomy hut. Really cheap. Yeah, it was twenty seven dollars. It was good. Pepe's a charming per, guy, too. Per, per, per ball, right? <laughs> Very nice. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a per side. Yeah, it's, I kept the left one in case of emergency. Uh, so, okay, uh, and we got to take a break in a second, but then we'll come back. But um, who's been against this? Is, is that why you were talking about oligopolies of insurance companies and giant hospital chains? Oh, yeah. are, are they all oh, yeah. scrubbing each other's backs? 
Yeah, so who's been against this? By and large, the insurance industry is against this because, we, like I said, we only have four providers nationwide in insurance now. That's an oligopoly by definition. That leads to cartels. Mm-hmm. That inflates prices. When you have inflated prices, how do you guard them? You enter into contracts with hospitals claiming that the prices are proprietary and they are not allowed to disclose them to the patients. This is what's been going on in American healthcare. Nobody has wanted to attack this. People have talked fuzzy and around the edges to it, but look, this is one fifth of our economy. It is God, it's up to a fifth now. This is and rising probably. This is the second or third largest lobbyist on the planet. Yeah, I was going to get into that next. <laughs> and, yeah, I wanted to talk to politics when we come by. And uh, both members, of the short answer is members of both political parties in America have not wanted to touch this because it is a massive cash cow. And, and don't forget, remember we talked weeks ago about the Medicare cost shift. This inflation system of inflating those prices artificially in the private employer side mm-hmm. is helping to fund Medicare as a hidden tax that legislators don't have to pass on oh, you. right. Because, so the government's for it, too. So uh, just for folks who don't understand this, then we really need to take a break. The compensation rates for Medicare are so low. They're so unrealistically low. It would not exist. Nobody would ever get any treatment through Medicare. Except that they're able to bloat the costs to you and your insurance company, which gives cover to the politicians. That's right. So, okay. All right. Quick break. Then we're going to come back. I want to talk about the politics of it a little bit. Maybe a little more about the Medicare or what do you call it? Medicare cost shift. Yeah, the cost shift. So we might have competition for the first time in my adult lifetime where we can actually shop around. So this is huge. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. Yeah, until you hit your... That's one of the things that... Ha- advantages of having a high deductible is you actually see what a visit costs. I was just telling Craig I hit the first of the year and I found out what my physical therapy is costing me after my super cool upgraded aftermarket hip customization. And uh, and I thought, wow, I, I, and uh, great physical therapist, but I was getting $40 worth of value and it was costing me 225 bucks. I found out because it was no longer, you know, deductibled or whatever. And I said, man, that's enough of that. So we're, anyway, we're that two twenty five. By the way, if it was a Medicare reimbursement, would have been closer to sixty. We're talking healthcare. We'll get to Craig and tell you who he is in just a second. Uh, reading from the Wall Street Journal from the weekend about this uh, this new thing that came down that you didn't pay any attention to, and neither did I, and anybody else. It's an effort by the president to help put the Americans back in control of of uh, price, which we haven't been in control for... How long has it been Hell, we haven't even known what the prices are. Nobody knows what anything costs. Our interest is how we can empower the American public to shop for their care and control it. The move is likely to be met by fierce opposition, including possible legal challenges from hospitals, doctors, groups, and insurers, since it could have far-reaching impact. And, of course, all the politicians get lobbied by all those people. It also gets to ba ba ba. Oh, so uh, Craig Craig wrote this on on his um 
on his website. Imagine this, where you go onto a, I'm assuming, well-done you know, website, an online comparison platform, telling you exactly what your MRI will cost you at the 15 nearest providers, and you just choose that one and go there. Here's oh. the exact price, 15 places closest to me, and then I go there. Maybe you read the reviews, and you make an intelligent decision. Like you do with every freaking thing right. else you buy in the entire world. So, Craig, the uh, healthcare guru, Craig Gottwals, and we'll tell you how to get in touch if you have a, a, a medium to largest company that needs help with benefits in a bit. But So, is that pretty much an explanation of why this would be good? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a very short explanation of why this would be good. And it would it would it would absolutely happen because... The the number one problem we've had is the is the hiding of these prices mm-hmm. the, the 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 cloak by the healthcare cartels that yeah. are definitely yeah. an oligopoly yeah all those all those parties he just read in that quote would be are going to be against this and they're going to fight it first and foremost insurers secondly hospitals third providers in fact I some providers if you read the comments that have already been su- submitted to this proposed regulation because this is a proposal. They have until May 4th to decide whether or not this is going to become an official regulation. So I have commented on it, and I, there are doctors that were right in line with me saying this is a good thing. But Congress hates it, too, because the inflated prices for private health care are giving them cover on Medicare, on the government programs, right? Yeah, I think, I They're think funding. the majority of both parties probably are going to be disliking this. Oh, even my God. Even we though ha- it's great for Americans. Do we have any chance, then, of, uh, of making this actually happen? Yeah, I think I I definitely think there's a chance because you you at least now and that's part of why this gets a little weird because this is being done at an administrative level through the Trump administration, uh, latching onto a, a statute that was passed three years ago, which probably didn't contemplate this is the way this is was going to go. But yeah, I I think you're going to have whether it's twenty to thirty percent of both parties for this. How does I, Trump know this is happening, and can he get out there and sell it to people? Because he could take back health care with this if he got out there and explained it simply what it is. Yeah, if he's if he's talking to Salazar at all or getting updates from him, I would assume he knows exactly what's going on here. Because this is a this is from Salazar and HHS. I, and to get to your political question on who's going to be for it, I think the more freedom, free market faction defenders of liberty in the Republican Party. So maybe the far right edge of the Republican Party, the 20 or 30 percent over there. Imagine that free markets is considered far right. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, exactly. Go well, on. I think they would be for this. And I think I think potentially you could also have the 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 far left 20 to 30 percent of the Democrat Party for well, the, this. We'll call it the populist wing, the populist wing. Because this is a great way to stick it to big insurance and big corporations. I love that. So you could get AOC and Rand Paul together on that. I actually think you really would. I really do think you would. God, imagine Trump standing up with his arm around AOC talking about this. Rand Paul. Unholy trinity, if ever there was one. Uh, So I want to make this clear, though, as a free market guy, this uh, it could be argued this is government intrusion into a private agreement between, say, an insurance company and a hospital chain. Listen, we'll negotiate this right, and uh, it's just uh, between us. Nobody else needs to know. Why? What's my justification as a free market guy for getting in the middle of that? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Joe. And after I, I wrote my initial article on uh, Saturday, I lost sleep Saturday night thinking about this, and I wrote a large addendum to my article on Sunday explaining why you're I... You're a very strange man. As, yeah, this was my weekend. <laughs> you know how to have fun. I do. I know how to party. 700 pages of HHS regs. Oof. Um, <laughs> wow. Get her done. Um, so, look, I, I agree with all of that. I agree that you do not pass a new law unless it's absolutely necessary 
Uh, one of the core tenets of, of free capitalism and, and, and economics is that when you're dealing with a monopoly, or in this case an oligopoly, a market that's in, uh, controlled by a few providers, like I said, four. Who are at least winking and nodding at each other. Well, and and, and in a, a unholy big government collusion type of agreement with the Medicare fraud. Right. Right? You need... That's when government needs to step in. You need to step in to set the market free. And this is an attempt, albeit maybe a little bit strange, because it's not coming through Congress. It's coming through the administration. Well, another subject for another day. Another subject one. for another yeah. day. It's a, it's a strange thing, but this is pro-transparency, pro-free markets. Okay, we can't wow. run out of time for this. So uh, in your, your article, which I actually read, you had a click here to make comments. Should average schlubs like me make comments there? Or is this just for people like you? No, comments. no, I think anybody should make comments. This, is, this affects everybody who so purchases then we got, then people need to go to your website, yes. see the well, click here. Right, we'll have the link at armstrongegetty.com within okay. the next few minutes. We'll get that up there. Yep. So Fabulous. people can actually say, do this. How can people get in touch with you, Craig? Uh, benefit-revolution.com. This article and this audio will be posted right at the top of that website. Benefit-revolution.com. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? AOC making the headlines once again. And are you really taking care of your phone as well as you should? Coming hey, up. You're, you're going to talk about fecal matter, aren't you? I know you are. Just wait. Just... They got treatment for people like you. You get the fixation. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Thank you, guys. This has been my jihad. We were just talking about this new regulation out of the Trump administration where there's a possibility... That uh, healthcare costs will be transparent. You'll know what stuff costs when you go to the doctor. Right. We got this text. I never understood why my, my my mechanic is required to display their prices by law so that they can't screw me. But I can't find out how much a routine medical procedure is. Right. Because the cartels don't want you to know. The one thing I want to talk to Craig about, and we're probably going to do an extra large podcast on this topic uh, with him and maybe Tim the lawyer. What are the arguments going to be coming out of the cartels? How are they going to spin this that it's a threat to us and will actually hurt our medical yeah, care? Yeah, it's got to be. It'll be fear. It'll be something to scare you. This is why it's scary for you. And one one must never forget the key aspect of this. That is Congress. They. It's so important to them to have Medicaid and Medicare yeah. for everyone. And Medicare for all is the argument you're hearing. Medicare could not possibly exist fiscally. It would go broke tomorrow if it were not for artificially inflated private health care costs that Congress allows them to keep secret, which is what we're talking about, so nobody actually knows what's being charged. But the insurance companies and the hospitals and Congress work together on this unholy trinity that they're all making tons of money, and Congress gets the credit for providing this wonderful social service that they could never, ever pay for. And so, yeah, the forces lined up against this will be formidable. Well, they're looking for comments on this, and we've got the link at armstrongandgetty.com. Let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Democratic Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's ability to make headlines continues with the freshman New York congresswoman and self-described Democratic Socialist saying during an appearance at 
South by Southwest over the weekend that capitalism is irredeemable. You know, just as there's all this fear mongering that government is going to take over every corporation and government is going to take over every business or every form of production, um, we should be scared right now because corporations have taken over our government. I actually agree with her on that, but we have very different prescriptions. Right. Ocasio-Cortez saying that capitalism is irredeemable because of the That's not capitalism, though. That's the opposite of capitalism, dear. What you're describing, you numbskulled 29-year-old bartender with a reasonably good brain, but the knowledge of a flea. That was dismissive. Sorry. She said capitalism is an irredeemable system because of the goal of, quote, concentration of capital and to seek and maximize profit. She's a Marxist. Just say, look, I'm a Marxist because you're a Marxist. Ocasio-Cortez also was critical of the views of moderates, which she described as an attitude towards life of like, meh. She went on to say, we view ambition as youthful naivete when we think about the greatest things we have ever accomplished as a society have been ambitious acts of vision and the meh is like worship now for what all right you know she reminds me of me as a youth so i should be a little more gentle i won't be but i should be yes uh, I remember Rush Limbaugh making a similar similar argument a number of years ago, and I blasted it then, so I'm going to blast it again. The idea of the moderates, snurdly, they, they, they have no beliefs. They are meh about life, is an idiotic notion. My work-life balance is, is not good. I need to spend more time with the family, so I'm going to quit my job. No, no. I'm going to spend significantly more time, but it's going to be a moderate increase. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we have uh, pollution problems, so we're going to shut down all the oil companies. No, we probably ought to find a middle ground, reasonable regulation that still allows the, the economy right. to function. To describe a moderate measure as automatically meh is just dumb. It's dumb. Well, it's usually the only thing you can ever get uh, actually passed through. Yeah, and in fact, she makes in her her, her taped uh, screed, and we ought to go ahead and run it. I don't know why we haven't, but um, she says this incrementalism. It's we need to have grand vision. Incrementalism is like doing what's achievable and working toward a goal. I don't know. She just she strikes me as such a, a like a college kid who's learned just enough to be dangerous, spouting off at the Thanksgiving table. It's just, it's tiresome. She got them real true eyes. Well, oh, that's too. right. Oh, yeah. oh, she yeah. got them. Oh, yeah. She got them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Centers for Disease Control says a six-year-old boy from Oregon was treated for the state's first case of childhood tetanus in 30 years. The boy was unvaccinated in 2017. He got a cut on his forehead while he was playing on his family farm. The wound got stitched up at home. Six days later, though, he started having muscle spasms and clenching his jaw. Oh, my God. Actual lock jaw. He required eight weeks of inpatient care, including almost 50 days in intensive care. Wow, that's no joke. The hospital bill 
for the boys' stay soared to over $800,000. Now, were they non-vaccination people? Is that why he hadn't had his tetanus shot? And despite the near-death experience, the boys' family declined to get him vaccinated afterwards. God, the tetanus vaccine is like the, the, the basic. That's number one. How long since yeah. you've had a tetanus shot? I get them regularly. Oh, you do? Yeah. God, I haven't had one in 20 years. Yeah, well, you know me. I'm into sword fighting. <laughs> right, right. Amateur sword work. fighting on the weekend. All that metal you know, work you're doing. a it. lot of slashing. Yeah, climbing over barbed well, wire. Well, my kids get them, obviously. Yeah. Are you taking good care of your phone? Are you really taking good care of your phone? You might not think about ever shutting it off because you use it all the time, but experts say that is wrong. You should completely turn your phone off and let it rest for at least a minute. Why, it's tired? And then turn it back on once a week. Restarting your phone's going to clear the open apps and memory leaks. It's going to prevent crashes and get rid of anything draining your battery. Mm, how often? Once a week. It's going to okay. get rid of anything draining my battery. I'd, I'd like Sounds to know more about snake that. snake oil salesman. Yeah, I'm not sure why that would happen. Another tip, sometimes you should let your phone's battery drain down to 0% and then fully recharge it to 100%, the experts say. Well, I, I've heard that y- you ought to... Uh... Yeah, you ought to let it get down below 20 regularly. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, they say that doing this teaches the battery to recharge fully. It somehow sets parameters, so Mm. it fully will recharge your battery. You know, every time we do this sort of segment, somebody says, look, that was true of batteries 11 years ago, but it's not. So uh, text angrily, (laughs) 415-295-KFTC, 415-295-KFTC, or I want to know. I got to believe. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Well, how are you going to know, though? Everybody's got a different idea. Because I have a, an ability to assess the yeah, right. That's the problem. My expert. A hundred different a, people with a hundred different ideas. does not BS filter that's unbeatable. <laughs> but I can't believe we haven't leapt past the battery thing yet. Right. i, I got to believe that that's going to become, just all of a sudden, irrelevant. What, do you want a solar panel on your phone or what? Nah, what are you proposing? The, the technology will change. You'll charge your phone for like a week at a time. A time. Oh, and just, yeah. you know, you'll tell your grandkids about, yeah, you used to, your battery would run out. And go, what? Right. Shut up, Grandpa. You know, I hate, I'm not, I'm not bragging because it cost me a lot of money, but I got a new phone the other day because right. I, I dropped my phone so hard and so frequently uh, over the course of a couple of days, it just smashed. And I don't mean the screen. I mean, like, the physical structure of the phone Jeez. was smashed. And yes, I had it in a guard. And no, I didn't f- throw it in anger. It just landed perfectly face down and just smashed. Anyway, uh, I will do my usual looking at it more than I should. Less than some, but more than I should all day long. And it'll t- be time to go to sleep. My phone's at 66%. With your new phone? Yeah, with yeah. the new battery. I can't get out of the show without my phone being in the 20s. Wow. Wow. There you go. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. This bird needs no battery i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw this phone across the road there you there's go. tape of me all right all right it's true there you go um so yeah reparations is making a comeback oh god uh, you can't run for president and at least as a democrat and just out and out say you're a capitalist apparently you can't say that out loud these are all interesting things that have happened the shift is occurring quickly. If it is happening at all, I'm not sure it is. This is why God gives us the sweet, sweet gift of mortality. Because politics is just getting dumber and dumber and dumber. So you think. Well, it'll, after a while, it'll just make you insane. Mm. Do you know about spaghetti meat? 
What? Fast growth chickens are producing what the industry calls spaghetti meat. This is going to be a Fast problem in the future. Fast chickens. All our meat is going to be what they call spaghetti meat. You're not going to like yeah. the texture. My new Southern Rock band. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Fast Growth Chicken. You would have a cowbell. Rebirth. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. President Trump watched the Super Bowl at Mar-a-Lago with Lee Yang, the woman who founded the chain of Asian day spas where Patriots owner Robert Kraft allegedly solicited a prostitute. First of all, what a time to be alive, huh? <laughs> Second, you know that Trump spent all their time together trying to convince her to give up North Korea's nuclear weapons. <laughs> what? So, I thought that was so interesting. There's something going on. With that seedy rub and tug on a strip mall in Jupiter, Florida. Yes. That Robert Kraft, a different billionaire and a pro golfer, all got caught there in that sting. And Trump's watching the Super Bowl with the woman who owns it. Yes. So so there's something happening there. Well, we, we had a discussion with uh, a couple of men of the world over the weekend. Why are billionaires and the powerful and the, the wealthy going to a strip mall rub and tug? I mean, if you if you are interested in paying for sexual satisfaction and cheating on your wife, not that Robert Kraft was, he does not married at the time, right? But. Yeah, but I mean, if you're well, just let's keep it simple. If you're looking for sexual satisfaction and you have the money t- to have options, there's got to be an explanation of why several folks that answer that description end up at this strip mall. Right? People and say I can't figure out what yeah. it is. No, I can't either. They're, is it is it like the uh, what's the the Kingsman thing where you walk in through the the tailor shop closet and all of a sudden you're in a hidden underworld of of secret agents and training and stuff like that. I mean, you walk into the strip mall and then uh, what do you you walk down a staircase and there you are in some wonderland of the Kama Sutra and <laughs> You know, it's a vast but, underground chamber with pillows and incense. Well, and, and the fact that the owner... I know, hate incense. I wouldn't pay for that. ...knows the president. Yeah. I don't know. He, she watched the Super Bowl with the president. Owner of a series of, of <laughs> suspicious, disreputable Asian massage parlors. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. I don't know what's going there. I mean, hey, is that just the hang at Mar-a-Lago? That's who you run into? I don't know. We've got this breaking news. The Democrats have picked the town they're going to have their 2020 national convention is. No! And it is Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, beautiful Milwaukee. State that they, uh, if they'd have won that state, I think that's all it would have taken to beat Trump, right? Uh, but Hillary decided not to visit. Uh-huh. Um, so there you go. I got more. Uh, I want to talk a little more on the whole politics thing coming up. I did. There, uh, I think you might. Uh, some of you might be getting too excited too early for this whole. That's, you, you want to avoid that. <laughs> Spent an evening anyway, in uh, speaking of yeah. Uh, anyway, what? spent an evening in Milwaukee. Some of the nicest people I've ever met, just in terms oh, yeah. of the just the random people on the street. And I, it, oh, it I love delightful. Milwaukee. It's probably partly that you know I just I grew up across the state line in the Chicago area, and uh, and we'd go up there for music festivals and 
various, uh, you know, fun on the Lake Michigan. and One of the best zoos in the country. Yeah, oh, that's right. You know what? Really? My, my parents took us to the Milwaukee yeah. Zoo once. Um, and just, I love Milwaukee. And the drinking age was 18. Uh, <laughs> and it was 21 in Illinois. So, anyway. I remember when we went to the Milwaukee Zoo when I was a kid, The uh, my mom had a hurt, uh, sore neck. Sorry to hear that. Somehow the... the the, the fan in the hotel was blowing on her neck at night or something. Anyway, her neck hurt, so she just sat in the car while we ran oh. through the zoo as fast as we could because she was in terrible pain. Wow. So we just like, there's an elephant. There's a giraffe. There's a zebra. Let's get back to Look mom at him. and Look at stripes. Look at him. Well, it's too late now. Drive back home. So <laughs> I still remember that. Given given now your, your greater life experience, is it possible that your mom's neck hurt kind of bad? And your dad said something unsympathetic about it. And that's why she stayed in the car. I don't know, but we didn't spend much time at the zoo. (laughs) (laughs) The old zoo sprint. Very popular. That's hilarious. I'm sorry to hear about your mom's neck, though. (laughs) It's fine now. Oh, good. Good. Feeling better? Uh, A couple of uh, quick items here. Got this email from uh, Robert. Uh, African-American, he asks. When you were describing Elon Musk as an African-American, which is absolutely true, uh, it made me wonder about the geography classes taken by today's journalists. Are India and Jamaica in Africa? They must be, since Kamala Harris is described as African-American. Oh, yeah, and she was also born in Oakland. Well, look, her father was a dark-skinned man of a family that had been in Jamaica for a very long time. But arguably... Because he was a black man, he was originally from Africa. But, you know, as we've said more than once, if you're going to stretch it that much, according to a lot of anthropologists, we're all from Africa. So, and I think Indian Americans ought to be angered and offended that she uh, she kind of plays down her Indian heritage in favor of uh, the, the black thing, because it's, you know, it's a, it lends you better uh, credence. It's it's a better uh, card to play in progressive politics. So yeah, her dad was Jamaican and her mom was Indian. And, and you know, I suppose the end of this is people who obsess over that sort of thing are are cuckoo. How does it ever even come up? I know, I know. What are her capabilities? What what policies does she believe in? Would she be a wise and and kind uh, you know uh, executive? None of that matters anymore. You like this? A shopping breakthrough, an introvert extrovert service. This is sent along by Chris with a K. Um, uh, Oh, he mentions he's missing Chatty Checkout Theater. We'll have to revive that at some point. But look at this. Here is a store. I can't tell. Target? Is this Target? I can't tell. Um, If you have a red basket, it means you'd like to be assisted. And black is, I'd like to shop on my own. Hmm. I'd like to be assisted. Can we help you find something? Yeah, I'm looking oh, for okay. something to wear to the soiree Saturday night. Oh, so and then you can get a black basket to just leave me alone. Yeah, I, I'm I, fine. I know where to find everything in a Target. I'm great. I'm great. I, I, know, have... I know where the fat guy pants are already. <laughs> I have something like that. It's just called my earbuds. I just have those in when, I, <laughs> when I'm out and about. I, I try to shield people away from me with those. You know, you do whatever works for you. With me, it's a hostile look on my face. <laughs> Don't go near that guy. Speaking of fat guy pants, did you see my tweet of uh, my Saturday lunch? No. Yeah. Got more replies, than I think, than anything I've ever tweeted. 
in the history of the show. What'd you go with there? Uh, I I tweeted skinny. I tweeted out a picture <laughs> and I said. I'm having a jumbo hot dog at the bowling alley, so my Saturday's pretty sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, Saturday I had a jumbo hot dog at the bowling alley while the kids played laser tag. Then that night I had Oreo ice cream cake and potato chips for dinner. <sighs> How's that for a daisy? What of a grown man? Wait, what did you sneak a potato cakes in there? Potato chips. chips. Oh, okay, sorry. I misheard. Cake and potato. Yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. Okay. Oreo ice cream cake, which I'd never had before. I didn't know they were fifty dollars. When he said that's what he wanted for his birthday cake. Wow. Who knew they were so expensive? Yeah, they are high. But uh, Yeah, my eating was not good. Wow. He, there was n- no beef jerky in the, cl- uh, the pantry or anything? Or anything that wasn't that? Uh, no, they they had sandwiches, but I was so busy trying to take care of them and do oh. everything, I didn't get any. Just grabbed what was at hand? Yeah. 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 Wild. All right, from the crime it's a lot of work having file. a sleepover. Oh, please. Those days have passed me. And I only had a couple of kids, not like eight or something, which I wouldn't do. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, it depends on the age. At some point, you can have eight, and it doesn't matter. It's the same level of attention because they're pretty self-managing. Yeah. You, know, you just have to whip up an enormous amount of pancakes in the morning. So many uh, suitcases of flask, and they, they just <laughs> do their thing. They're loud from like midnight to two, then out. Exactly. <laughs> So a lot of good stuff to come if you're uh, privileged to get, uh, you know, the next hour. A little Jussie Smollett update. Oh, give me a break. More on AOC. Oh, family angry that a robot delivered the news that Grandpa was going to die. A robot? I have bad news for you. (laughs) What? That doesn't seem like the job of a robot. Pipe down, Grandpa. I have news. You, (laughs) You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.